Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Whiteboard Basketball Podcast. I'm Cole, here now live with Ian Bradley, first ever live podcast, live recording the Whiteboard Basketball Podcast. I'm excited. Ian, how are you feeling? Pretty excited. Back, to, Happy to be back in Florida. Um, Pennsylvania is not my favorite place. Actually, to all my fans and followers out there, I think all 20 subscribers on this thing, if you look up or states in America, Pennsylvania is number four on the top ten list. I did not know that. Yes, they are. So I'm excited. I'm happy to be back in Florida for a few days. And, um, you know, uh, sorry we've been on a little bit of hiatus here. We Cole finishing up finals and me work and job searching and looking for the next move but uh excited to be back talk a little nba basketball orlando a little orlando magic basketball as well it has been boring as hell without them in the playoffs but we did have a very interesting first round and that was something that i've not been able to say since 2012 yeah it was a pretty good uh, playoffs you know congratulations to the toronto raptors going out there taking down the warriors Closing it out in six games, uh, pretty sweet win. It was good to see, you know, Kawhi Leonard get another championship. You know, uh, you know, sad to see KD and Klay Thompson go down. Really changes the the face of the NBA right there. Really kind of to me opens up, you know, a big spot. There's no real top dog anymore. You know, really, it seems to me like almost anyone could make a move and, you know, make a run. Uh, I don't think the Orlando Magic are, are quite there, you know, really makes you think back to the Rob Hennigan era. You don't have an Evan Fournier on the books, you don't have a Mozgov slash Biombo on the books, you know, I'd like to think this Orlando Magic core with a max slot, you know, could go out there and really make a good push for it, but, uh, you know, just a daily reminder to, you know, fuck Rob Hennigan, and uh, <laughs> we're going to go back to you know, or, you know, $10 million in cap space. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to to battle through it here and, you know, build for the next couple of years. Uh, we're, what are we, a couple of days post-draft now? Yep. Uh, Ian, what did you think about the draft overall? Um, So I hadn't really watched a lot of uh, Chuma Okiki play. So we draft Chuma Okiki, and I'm sitting at this bar in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I texted my buddy, and literally it was just question mark ex- exclamation, question exclamation, question exclamation. And I think it was two pages of it. And I was like, what the hell just happened? Because they show up there power forward. And I was like, all right, well, I, I, I don't get that. You got Aaron Gordon, you got Isaac who can kind of play four, can kind of play five, right? You don't need another forward. However, after watching this kid play and really watching sort of what he's been able to do, watching some of his some of his highlights, I like him. I think he's a really good pick. I think he's a really good player. Um, and I think he's going to be more of a three than a four, which is exciting because currently our backup three is Wes Amundo. So, I like West, don't get me wrong, but I think Chuma is a step up. The part that I was super, super pissed about, not only had I never heard of the guy, he's injured. So now, Jeff Weltman 
is three for three in picking players who are either injured on draft day or have been injured and missed a large majority of the season. So Isaac's first year he played, I think, 20 games, something like that. Um, and uh, fine, he's out. Next, you bring in Mo Bamba, who we all knew was going to be a project, and for the number of games that he was out there... It, Look, he's a rookie center, right? So, so I, Bamba didn't do anything in his rookie year that I didn't expect to see, right? I think while Bamba was on the floor, it was about what I was expecting. And now you bring in a guy who's injured. So I, I, I have a few closing thoughts here on my opening rant. One, John Hammond and Jeff Wiltman do not believe in guards. We know this because the only guard they have attempted to bring in is injured. And if you heard John Hammond the other day on the on 96.9 The Game, he has, quote, no idea when Fultz is going to play. So, obviously, we don't believe in guards. Next thing, we obviously don't believe in second-round picks because we have made exactly zero of them since Jeff Weltman was hired. The third thing we don't believe in is we don't believe in health. Because for some reason, we continue to go out and get guys who either get injured or are injured when we acquire them. Those are the three things that I have figured out since Jeff Weltman and John Hammond have been president of basketball ops and general manager of the Orlando Magic. I mean, I tend to agree, but I think the the Isaac and the Bamba picks... I mean, they, it's not like they were not healthy when we picked them. You know, you got to put those on the training staff, maybe. I don't know. Um, you know, not really much they could do about that. I think this one, to me, it's like with this pick with Okiki, you got to take a risk if you want to get a good player at 16. Yeah. You know, you've got to draft a guy who's, you know, a year away from being a year away. You know, like Giannis got picked down there, I think, at 21, 22. And it was like three or four years before we get to this point. And, you know, same thing with, you know, Pascal Siakam. He averaged like four points in the D-League his first year. So it's like, I think we got to, you got to bring your guys along slowly. Obviously, it sucks. He's going to miss out on that year of development. But, you know, to me, to get a guy with the upside of Okiki at 16, you just don't really get that uh in every single draft so I, I think it's a decent pick i mean i would have liked him to be healthy if he was healthy he wouldn't have got him though so you know you gotta take that into account i mean i think overall it's a half decent pick there the only thing is trading the second round pick again uh i, I just wish we would make our picks we need more talent on this team you got to take a shot you know we missed out on kuzma and josh hart last year uh, we just got to take a shot with the second round picks to me. I, I hate to see those go selling them off for like a million bucks or something. just makes us look cheap. We got to take every shot we can at getting some upside on this team. Yeah, I mean, you know, as it stands right now, we are running back the exact same roster. And I saw a thing after the season I believe it was a post, might have been from Philip Rossman Reich or, or somebody, uh, or Magic Daily. It was, it was somebody on Twitter, I can't remember. Um, and 
the poll said, what do you think was the biggest contributing factor to the Orlando Magic's playoff run in 2019? And overwhelmingly, I think it was like 80-some percent, said health. So my question is, if we have a 2019 like we had a 2018, right? Does they do, do the Magic make the playoffs in 18? Because in the in 18 we had we had a lot of injuries. We did, right? We had a ton of injuries. Right. So in 18, do we make the playoffs? And then now it becomes okay. Does Vogel get fired and and whatever that goes down the line? And now it's this whole whole another thing and whatever. Who cares? Neither here nor there. But again, like. Is this this team's ceiling? I think it is. Because DJ Augustine is 31, going to be 32. I love DJ Augustine, both as a person and as a player. I really like him. But he isn't going to wake up tomorrow and suddenly be Chris Paul. It's just not happening. We know what Fournier is, unfortunately. Um, Mozgov is never going to step foot onto an NBA court ever again. We know these things. Yeah. So my thing is, I mean, I I think we got to try to take some sort of shot. The problem is nobody is taking uh, Fournier. You, could, I mean, I, honestly, I think at this point you could give Fournier away. I think Samuel Mozgov. Um, you know, I mean, you and I were talking about this, you know, off the air yesterday. I, I just if you're Wellman and Hammond, I mean you basically have to sign these guys to a five year extension right now because that they have no cap space. They have no ability to do anything because of what Hennigan because of yeah, because of what Hennigan did. So they have no cap space until their last year anyway on this five year deal. Yeah, that's why I don't mind kind of shooting more for the future. You know, we've seen with Rob Hennigan Oh, it's got to be win now, win now, win now, win now, win now. And where does it get us? We're completely fucked. Yeah. You know, so I think playing for the future, you know what? Let's run out this Mozgov contract. Let's get some, you know, clear some space here with the Evan Fournier contract. You know, let's see what we can do to get Vooch on a team-friendly deal. You know, let's see if we can clear all these deals before we got to sign Isaac and then hopefully Bamba do extensions. You know, let's let Okiki develop. Let's shoot for, you know, three years from now to be, you know, real impact destination with, you know, hopefully, you know, a young star in AG, a young star in Isaac, you know, Bamba being contributor and then hopefully a superstar in Okiki. And then, hey, you know, we need an extra piece here. Uh, I think that's going to should be our goal. But to me, to get to there, you need to hit on these second round picks. You need to find a Pascal Siakam. You need to find a Fred Van Vliet. You know, I don't know what the hell we're doing with that. Uh, we got to be cycling through some of these spots at the bottom of our roster. You know, let's get it. Let's get Jerry and Grant. Let's just eat the contract because he's not going to be on the team when we're good. We might as well get him the hell out of here and just start signing some undrafted guys and, and just take a shot on them. You know, I mean, we saw how well it worked with Michael Carter Williams for, you know, 15 games, made a real impact. You know, over the course of 82 games, he's probably going to be a little bit more of a negative than a positive. But 15 games, he was fine. Let's find some guys and give them some, you know, 15 games shot to try and make the team. To me, it doesn't make sense to kind of sit around and, 
with the same guys, you know, just rotting on the bench, you know. We're never going to get anywhere with Jerry and Grant being the backup point guard. You know, Wesley Wundu is not a championship player. As much as I like him, he's a half-decent player. You know, I mean, maybe it's too much to be, you know, getting rid of the bottom, like, seven guys in the roster. But let's at least have one or two slots open where we can try and find some of these late-round guys, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I completely agree. I, I, I think, you know, I think the biggest criticism of Hennigan the, or of, 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 of Weltman this far is the inactivity at the bottom of the draft. And, I mean, is it warranted? Eh, right? But, I mean, we missed out on Kuzma. Right, and 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 again, the draft is a complete crapshoot. But you got to take your shot. I, I got to give Weltman and Hammond a few. Um, I got to give Weltman and Hammond some. Uh, and and by the way, the twenty fifth pick that wasn't even the second round. That was round one twenty five, and we just thought the draft had fizzled out. See, these are the things that I'm saying. These are what you got to hit on. Yeah. These late first, second round picks, you know, the, these, these things, you got to hit on these. Um, but, look, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this as well. I mean, you know, is this stuff warranted that, that Weltman and Hammond, you know, don't do anything with late first and second rounders? Yeah, I guess. But let me, let me, let me throw this out there too, right? I got to give both of them credit for signing two guys on draft night to un- undrafted contracts. They've got a shot to make the team. And I think that's what I think that's what that's what we need. I mean, personally, if you want me, if you want my opinion, right, our our, our point guards are going to come off the summer league roster this year. We're going to have another year of you know um DJ Augustine and then terrible point guard play. I think that's going to be it. The problem is, though, like I said, you're so hamstrung based on god-awful contracts that we can't do anything till 2021 anyway because that's when everybody comes off the books. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's going to come down to maybe the first 20 games of the season, maybe the first 30 games. But I could see us by the deadline, seeing how it's going. We don't re-sign Vooch. I think the DJ Augustine contract is very is very movable. Yeah. There's a lot of bad contracts out there. We could, you know, take something back and move DJ Augustine for a pick. I mean, we're not going to have a lot of cap space open up until after next year anyway. So if you got to eat somebody, you know, I think we could do that. Look into moving a DJ Augustine, especially if Markel Fultz will come back. God only knows. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's a difficult decision, but... I think it's just going to depend on if, do we bring back Vooch, do we bring back Ross, how long are those deals. I mean, I'm just going to say this right now. If we give Vooch a full five-year max, we're quitting the podcast. I mean, I'm just – I'm not going through this garbage again. So hopefully we'll get him on a nice team-friendly deal. Uh, hopefully we will uh, be able to get T. Ross back on a decent deal as well. Um you know, but it's going to have to be short term. You know, we can't be, you know, four or five year deals just aren't going to cut it for us right now with the, yep. way, the way our salary breaks down. We're just never going to have any cap space. So I'm interested to see how we pull it off. Are there any things that uh, you're looking for here? 
as of uh, June 26th, or what, uh, the 30th is when uh, free agency starts. We got about three and a half days. Anything you're looking forward to, Ian? Any guys to watch? Yes, and I'm going to start the Magic first, and then I'm going to start with, and then I'm going to kind of go to the broader league because while I think some of the guys I'm very interested in, I don't think are going to come to Orlando. I don't even think we're in the mix. I'm just kind of curious as a as a general NBA fan. Here's here's the thing. I will pay Vooch and Ross together or separately a hundred percent of our cap. Now it's not my buddy, so. Excuse me. It's not my money. So I can't sit here and, you know, I, mean, I can sit here and say the Magic should do this, Magic should do that. It's not my $109 million, okay? And if it was, I'd probably be thinking about this a little bit differently. However, I will say this. I would give Vooch $35, $40, 45000000 million a year if it is this year and next year, right? Everything needs to stop in 2021. So that is the biggest thing I'm curious about because 2021, you basically, if you're to do this right, you basically need Aaron Gordon to be the only committed contract on the books. And that year, Gordon makes, I think, 18 million or 16 million, something like 16. that. 16. It's an incredibly team friendly deal. That needs to be your only cap going into 2021, 2022, in my opinion. So I'm very curious to see what we do with Vic and Ross. Now, do I think both of them should come back? Honestly, I don't know. Because I would like to see Bobo really get to develop this year. And I'm not sure that's going to happen if you bring Vooch back. I just, not right or wrong, I just, I'm not sure that's going to happen. One, and you know, you brought up the Dwight Howard thing to me a few few months ago. When I was talking about, well, I said, well, you know, Dwight started behind Tony Batia's first two years and look what happened. It wasn't, I, I was wrong on that because Dwight started as a power forward and Batia was a center. Yeah. So in, in Dwight's rookie year, he played 82 games, right? So, I mean, I, I really think that we should kind of just, and, and I don't know, maybe it's different nowadays because, you know, kids, myself included, get participation trophies, and so you never want to fail at anything. I don't know. But I think throwing Dwight in the deep end was a really good move in 04, and I think it'd be a good move again for Bamba. I don't know. Yeah, the one thing I'm afraid of is, you know, no one wants to take a step back from the playoffs. Right. But I'm afraid that we're turning into, was it the 2013 Suns when they had Isaiah Thomas, Drogic, and Bledsoe, and they won like 49 games that year when they were supposed to be tanking and they accidentally fucked up the tank. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh shit, we're actually good. We're going to win. And then they just fucking, you know, blew up the whole franchise and now they've been complete shit for like seven straight years. That's not what I want to happen. And I have a feeling that we might be getting into that place where you know, the ownership might be saying, oh, we're a playoff team, we can't afford to take a step back, but really we need to do a little mini reset, you know, maybe shed, you know, Nick Vooch, maybe we bring in a one-year balloon payment of DeMarcus Cousins, or maybe we work out some kind of a sign-and-trade deal with, you know, Derek Favors on a one-year deal or something like that, just so we have a competent, real starting center in here that, you know, Bamba can learn behind. And, you know, we take a step back, but we develop our young guys 
so that we can reload for two, three years in, down the line, you know? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, th- I think if you try to not take a step back right now, you're going to screw the whole thing up. Yeah. Because, again, you really want to pay Vooch for five years. Also, Vooch is 29. So I understand age doesn't mean as much as it once did in this league. Um, but I, 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 I still think, I mean, I don't even know who the heck is a free agent in 2021, but to me, you gotta have, you, you, you gotta have the, the ability to go sign in 2021. And then if nobody's there, you do probably the smartest thing I think anyone in this league can do overpay on a one-year deal. Yeah, I think this year, you know, I would be interested to see what kind of trade, you know, I I think this year is not a year to do anything insane, you know, it's one year deals, I think Vooch is going to be looking for something bigger, I think he's going to want a starting spot, he's not going to be a, oh yeah, let's just give Mo Bamba 20 minutes a game to develop while I'm sitting on the bench, like he's going to want his minutes, he's going to want to play, you know, his 36 minutes you know, with the offense running completely through him. And honestly, he deserves it after his year last year. He's a total he's a total beast. So I think we almost need someone who can uh, fulfill a smaller role. You know, I think a Derek Favors would want to start. And I, I mean, he would start on our team, but he doesn't necessarily need to be playing 38 minutes a game or something. You know, right. I think he... He knows what's going on, and he can play a little bit of power forward because he plays with Rudy Gobert sometimes. I mean, that's you know maybe not the greatest lineup, but I mean that would be disgusting on defense for us. I mean that you know our goal right now is to be a top five defense and just score enough points to make it work. I think that would be a pretty decent deal. I don't know exactly how we would make that work with the Jazz. But I could see us maybe doing, you know, something in there to maybe send an Evan Fournier over there in a, um, you know, an opt-in by Derek Favors, salary matching. We get Evan Fournier off the books. We bring in Derek Favors on a one-year balloon payment or something. We bump him up to $20 million and, you know, we get a we absorb a pick and some other salary or something. That would be pretty exciting. But... I'm not really sure. I think we should look more in that range than to re-sign Vooch just because I think it's going to be too much money, too many years, and he's going to want too big of a role that is going to kind of set the team back a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, right? I think if, you, I think if you're not going to re-sign Vooch, there's no, there's no point in trying to re-sign Ross. And I, I, I mean, I, look, I think the two of them are a package deal. And what I mean by that is Ross's contract was $10 million, right? What's it on the what what what's the cap hold? It's like thirteen or fourteen, something like that. I'm sorry, I don't have this in front of me, but still, I mean, it's thirteen or fourteen million dollars. So you've got a cap hold of thirteen or fourteen million bucks, right? And somebody comes in and offers him more than that in three years. I don't. I I just if you're gonna get rid of Vooch, there's no reason to have him out there shooting the ball. There just isn't, because if you're going to get rid of Vooch, the chances of us making the playoffs next year are slimmed in on anyway. Unless you get a huge step forward from Gordon and Isaac. Which, personally, I think if we're going to make the playoffs in 2020, 
it should be because of those guys. I don't think it should be because, uh, you know, Vooch comes out and carries the team for a whole other year like he did. It should be because Gordon and Isaac take huge steps forward. I, I It's just, it's just me. Yeah, to me, I think Ross is valuable even without Vooch just because of the shooting he brings. You know, the instant offense, he can get his own shot. I mean, he's not, you know, amazing. He's not going to carry the team, but I think he does offer a different skill set. To me, if you bring back Vooch, you have to bring back Ross because you have to have spacing for Vooch to operate down low in the paint. To me, Ross, providing spacing is good for everyone, you know? I mean, it would be nice if AG had more space, if Bamba had more space, if whoever the hell is starting at center had more space. To me, I think you just re-sign Ross. Unless he wants like $15 million, if you can get him for three years, 30, you know, something like, I mean, maybe the third year is a little much, but I think if you keep him around 10 million, someone will take a Terrence Ross or $10 million on the team. You know I mean? Yeah. A great shooter, you know, great guy in the community. You know, he's not an idiot. No. Doesn't mind coming off the bench for a truly terrible team in the Orlando Magic. <laughs> you know, the guy is not going to cause any problems in the locker room. I think that if you get him around $10 million, you could find a spot to move him if need be. So to me, I would look to bring back Ross no matter what just because of the shooting. And it's like, you know, it's not like we have anybody who can shoot. I mean, we have no spacing on the team. Um, And then losing him, it doesn't even open up any cap space because we're over the cap anyway. So well, unless we bring back nobody, then we have like $18 million. Right. Yeah, I mean, right now we operate like we're over the cap. You're right. I mean, look, I... With both of these guys, and Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports tweeted this out the other day. I mean, it is it is all about the years. It's not about the money. I mean, I'd give Ross $40 million a year. Again, it's not my money. But I'd be happy to write a check of a $40 million check of someone else's money for, for two years. Like, I would be more than, I mean, which is basically what Jeff Weltman's doing anyway. But, I mean, I'd be happy to do that. Because at the end of the day, we just we need flexibility in 2021. And what I would do is, I mean, we I guess I'm just I guess I just have some PTSD going on how little cap space we have had. That I mean that that, that honestly might be it. Where I'm just like freaking the hell out about how little cap space we have. But I mean that's my that's my big thing is we have no cap space. And then to me, another value of the cap space is even if no one wants to come here, you can still do valuable things like, hey, we'll take Mozgov if you give us D'Angelo Russell like the Nets did. You know, that's how they added a lot of their pieces. So to me, you can extract some picks, you can get some assets, you can get guys who are overpaid who are still decent when you have that cap space. So to me, I I just value that more than giving Vooch, you know, four or five years as much as I love the guy, you know, I have the shirt for Nick Vooch, you know, one of my favorite players for a long time, but uh, I just, I don't think it's in the cards unless he wants like a two-year deal or something like that. No, and I mean, you know, I think the one thing that's helping the teams is it looks like the short deals are kind of the way the NBA is moving anyway, which is awesome because it works out well for the teams. Um, We just need Vooch to buy into that. I mean, really, if we could sign Vooch to a one and one, right? Okay, one and one, and then who cares whether or not he opts in or opts out on year two? The year two deal 
is a one, right? If he opts in, it's a one, and if he opts out, you sign him for one year. I mean, it's that's that's how you need to do it. Maybe one more, maybe you know, maybe a third, but but the third's got to be. I mean, you got to you got to really think about that third year too. I mean, I, I I don't know. I just everyone's talking about those two. I think that's kind of the big thing. Um. But we'll see. I mean, I, I I know that Vooch is getting some some interest from uh from some other teams and yeah, Celtics, Lakers. I mean, maybe the Kings. Yep. I don't know. I hope so. I mean, I hope he gets his money somewhere. But uh, you never know. He'll probably look down at the phone. We'll find you know full five year max for Nick Vooch just got signed. Knowing the Magic, we'll have to see. But uh, you know, I don't know. I I have heard something about a. A Nick Vooch sign and trade with Steven Adams involved. I don't really know if that's really a great fit for us because we kind of need more offense, but I've heard a couple tweets, uh, not like any reporting, just people saying that like literally the contracts could happen, not that anyone is actually thinking about that. But, you know, something to think about there. Maybe we can do something with Vooch's salary and move him around somehow. I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes. We'll probably... Be back at you on maybe July 1st, right after free agency starts, just to, you know, see what's going on. If anybody got signed, uh, you know, any moves made, just to see how it impacts the magic. Uh, does that sound good? I'm in. I, uh, I'm, right now I'm just in the process of moving from Philly, so, uh, you know, I got nothing going on. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh you can email us at whiteboardbasketballpod at gmail.com. You know, leave us a review and a rating on uh, iTunes and, you know, Google Podcasts, anything like that. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Have a good one. Bye.